0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. I am Kerwin, and I'm here with my buddy, Kusho. And uh, today it is November 9th, and um, it's, it's a special day in aviation history, uh, or a special time anyway. Uh, although it, it's a good and a sad time in aviation, because if you look at the images behind us, if you look at watching this online, uh, Kusho, what image do you have?
1: Um, I have the last Lufthansa flight from Tegel uh, to Munich, and uh, I think they did a better job than Air France did. but we'll get to that in a minute, uh, <laughs> cool. but we can talk
0: about that. Oh, no, that's cool. So a minutes. Very cool. So what we're talking about is that uh, Tegel celebrated the last day, was it yesterday, the eighth. Yesterday. Um yes. Yeah, as the... Um, the yeah, the last mm-hmm. day of um, the airport closing. we're going to talk about it in just a sec. So we thought we'd put up photos from the airport. Uh, behind me is an actual picture of If I move my head to the left a little bit. And um, this one is actually a kind of a double double thing, I guess, because it has a Air Berlin that used to fly into Teagle a long time ago. What's it, maybe two years, three years now since they were out the business? A little bit longer, I think. A little bit longer, right? Yeah. yeah um and so um you know i've flown into into Tegel so many times so i'm gonna miss that airport so without further ado that is our first item today that berlin brandenburg is officially open and berlin Tegel is officially closed to commercially airline traffic so take it away kasha i think it's sort of sad
1: in a geeky <laughs> sort of way yes um because I think Berlin-Tegel was one of the last airports, maybe in the world, where you got that small town feeling. And I don't mean any disrespect by that. Because sometimes you'd have to disembark from a plane using air stairs. That is so rare.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But... For a um, big city, right? For a huge city. Yeah. The capital <laughs> of the most powerful country in Europe. But... Um, I guess all good things must come to an end. and But I think what Lufthansa did um, was better than what I expected Air France to do. Let me back up a little bit. Lufthansa okay. was founded in Berlin in 1926 and they started service in 1960. Um, and so they scheduled their last flight um, on the 7th, which was Saturday night from Tegel to Munich. Originally, originally it was supposed to be an Airbus 320, I believe, but they substituted their newest flagship, the 35900. And what I thought was- What a a substitute. Projected-
0: Sorry, what a substitute. (laughs) Projected
1: this (laughs) Yanker TXL uh, hologram onto the fuselage of the aircraft, Um, which somehow gave it a little bit more um, pizzazz. Because uh, when I checked, saw the video of the Air France flight, which was the last commercial flight leaving from Tegel yesterday back to Paris, they didn't really do very much. Um, it was just given this prolonged water salute. And the plane seemed to, the pilot seemed to stop the aircraft under the water for a few seconds. Actually, almost a minute mm. before he took off. But it really marks the end of the era. Um, Air France being the last to operate out of the airport was significant because it was the first to operate into the airport um, in 1960 because it was in the French part of uh, West Berlin. So it made sense that they would operate the last flight.
0: Yeah. yeah. But...
1: Um, <clears throat> All operations now, I've moved to uh, Berlin-Brandenburg, Willy Brandt, and from what I'm reading, all the last flights of major airlines operating into Berlin-Tegel were given a water salute farewell. Makes which sense. is cute.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, there's no real decision on what to do with Tegel, but I believe one idea that has been ruled out completely is the destruction of the terminal. So I guess they're going to keep it like Berlin Tempelhof. Right. Keep the terminal. But I'm sure this is really valuable land in mm-hmm. Berlin, which is really booming. So um, I don't know if they're going to convert it into yet another park, or if it's going to be mixed-use development, just like Hong Kong Kai Tak.
0: Yeah. But
1: We'll just have to see, but I'm sure Germany is very, very relieved that more than Tegel be closed, Berlin Brandenburg is open
0: <laughs>
1: nine years I of know. very embarrassing delays.
0: Yeah, it, so. it it it'll be sad to see Tegel close, um, but I'm thinking because they don't really have a, um, maybe they. I mean, you know, maybe they should keep it as a. As another, um, I guess, a private airport, because, because it is. I believe Old Schoenfeld is becoming that a private. Yeah, but I uh, still, I, I, still don't understand the whole keeping Schoenfeld thing, because well, the
1: Schoenfeld name has been retired,
0: right, as definitely. of early November, okay.
1: so it's now going to become Berlin Brandenburg T five.
0: Right, but that building is a is a sham. I mean, it's it's like a box. Have you ever been in there? No. Uh-huh. It's terrible. It's 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 horrible. I'm
1: sure they will upgrade it. Remember, it's
0: not opening till
1: next year. So yeah, but unless why? something goes horribly wrong.
0: I don't get it. I, I don't get why they would refurbish that building uh, when you have a, a perfectly nice airport across the way. I must be missing something. Maybe, maybe so somebody who is listening can say So perhaps they will convert
1: that. it to, I believe one of the your big LCCs in Europe, like EasyJet or Ryanair, will operate or both will operate out of that one. So, yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but that was the rumor.
0: Still doesn't make sense. So, because that is actually where the train the train the train station stop is right is right there. You can walk from the train station to the airport.
1: But uh, that's also it's been extended.
0: Right, right. So yeah it makes sense it would extend to the other side. But I just don't understand why would they like you built this spanking new airport. Why would you build another little, why would you keep that? And trust me, Kusho, I'm, I'm going to try to find some pictures and, and show them to you. It is a box and it's a terrible box. Um, it's <laughs> like, why can't you just get rid of that? What's the point of keeping it? was no um Oh, dude, no, no, no. Te- is amazing. Shonafeld is not, not, it's not- it's Remember, not my- this was the old GDR. It's, well, it's, 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 a, it's a box Hub for interview, right? It's a box. So it was Soviet design probably. So maybe this is why they're keeping it. Yeah. But when you look at Temple Templehof Temple Huff is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the architecture of temple, that's why they haven't gotten rid of Temple Huff, because the architecture is simply incredible. Uh, you've been, have you been on a tour of Temple Huff?
1: Yeah. No, not a
0: tour. Sure. Oh my God, dude. It's, it's awesome. You know, it's funny. At the top no, they of, have those. Yeah. Yeah. At the top of the airport. There is, um, a, a, because it was an American run, they have a basketball court at the top really? of the airport. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and underneath is all kinds of caverns and stuff like that. Do um, they so, have a
1: USAF B 29 bomber still there? At least um, it was a few years ago. but
0: I don't anyway. know if they have any. I don't think there's any planes or anything. On the tarmac. When I think about it. But you get to do a tour, you get to go in the old baggage belt and all that kind of system. Okay. And so um, we need to try to get it. Again. So Whenever we go back to Berlin, we we need to go the the the, the airport itself. Um, I remember to- walking the two runways. Right, that is actually very cool. So I mean, and it's and and they actually have parties, so you can rent the space.
1: Yes, you're
0: right. Um, yeah, because all the the um, the, the what do you call it? the check-in terminals and stuff are still there. Does <laughs> doesn't have any airplanes. But we're right diverting now. from Tegel. But, no, Hub. but 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 still you know it's Berlin aviation. And so True. it's like, um, I don't know why I don't know. I like I like Teagle. Despite what everybody says, um I says I like Teagle. Um it's just it was simple because you came in, you like you said, you yeah. got off the <laughs> plane and you would you would depart and arrive at the same level. The only problem with Tegle was that um if you came in from the US and the, the Europeans hated this because um, all the, it's like in a plane of two hundred people, and most of them are Americans. And so they get up to, and they crowd the jetway. Nobody moves to the side because the Europeans can just come right up and flash their passport yeah. right through. So there's always an issue there. But you know, you come right through passport control, you pick up your bag right there, and you go. So it it'll be quite different with Brandenburg now, but. Uh you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to deal with it. <laughs> and if I find some links, I'll, I'll post some links. Um, some of my friends were there. Some of my aviation geek, geeky friends were there. So um, it was good. All right. So leaving Berlin, uh, uh, we're going to go talk about the um, Yeah, So all these airlines are doing a lot of unique things to try to get more people on a plane are to try to get people to understand that the flying part is not, uh, you shouldn't worry about the flying part of the plane because um, flying is not just getting on the plane. It's a whole process as everybody knows, but the airlines are facing a lot of flack because people think that if they fly on a plane, they're gonna um, contract coronavirus, which is very possible. And so the airlines are now in a, in a thing that's saying, your risk of getting coronavirus on an airplane is very low, so you can fly. And so WestJet is doing something cool. What are they up to, Christian?
1: Sure? I'm surprised no one else has done this earlier, but what, actually the government of Alberta in conjunction with WestJet started this um, on November 3rd. So they had a Los Angeles to, Calgary WestJet aircraft mm-hmm. um, as the inaugural flight to test this uh, uh, process. It's a 26-week test, by the way. So what happens when, um, and this is currently only open to Canadian nationals, permanent residents, and exempt staff and crew. And by exempt staff, they, they mean people like medical workers or airline crew or other essential service people. So once you get to customs, you have the option of taking a COVID test right there and then. And I couldn't really find any verification if this was free or you had to pay for it. But you get this test and um, instead of uh, having to quarantine for 14 days in place, according to government of Alberta regulations, you only have to essentially quarantine for about two days until your results are available. In those two days, they expect you to stay at home, be sensible, logical, avoid crowded spaces and um, patient elder care hospitals, elder care residences, and um, avoid going out as far as possible. One caveat they had was that after six or seven days you are required to um, have a second test, which makes perfect sense. Right. (laughs) Um, And you're expected to abide by all government of Alberta regulations for quarantine in those two days. And um, I thought this was, as I said, a very good idea. Because 14 days is a long time to quarantine, especially if you're, let's say, a business traveler. Right. So um, I don't really understand why more airlines or countries and state governments haven't implemented this, but it may be having to do with costs. Costs, As I said, I tried to and find out how much this would be. Would this be an onus on the passenger or is the government of Alberta picking this up? And I really couldn't find much. Yeah. So that could be one stumbling block, yeah. but I don't know for a
0: fact. And it's also bureaucracy, right? I mean you know Yeah, you know, but they've I mean, had eight if, months.
1: Come on, bureaucracy, I mean, yes, I understand yeah, that. But, it, but it's,
0: uh Well this is you, not something
1: that can be taken in a lackadaisical manner. This true. is urgent.
0: But you also have to get a partner, right? And so you probably yes. have you probably have yes. like a lot of people bidding on it and trying to figure who's gonna get it because every, you know it boils down to money. Yes. Of and course. so um, it's you know, that's what I'm saying is a lot of bureaucracy because there is bidding, there is who's going to do it, there is how it's going to be done, how are you going to control it? And I mean, we've been in meetings when we worked for the airlines and see how long things take, simple yeah. things take to get done.
1: Almost a matter of, I um, don't want to say national security, but economic security. Oh yeah, no, no. Let I just open
0: I understand. as soon as possible. I understand what you mean. But, but you know, I mean- if But I you know about-
1: what, at least they've started this.
0: Yes. And then and what, oh. you, what you're seeing now is that a lot of other airports are doing some form of testing. Yes. In fact, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. You know, so. When we get to um, Europe. Good. So th- that's the kind of thing. Um, it's, it's, it's getting better. It's slow, but it's getting, yeah. it's getting, it's getting better. Uh, and people are talking about the new norms of travel. This is just how it's going to be, right? I mean, yeah. if you, you want to go someplace, this is what you have to do to do it and uh, and if you're somebody if you're a naysayer just please step out of the way because yeah. we just we just don't have any time
1: yeah and they're they're i think they're improvising very creatively and I, yeah. but one thing yeah. i was surprised yeah. is that toronto and ontario didn't uh, uh, premiere this it was alberta
0: who did lead again you know but, how it is right it's been done looks like it's been done not <clears throat> at a government level but at a province level yeah.
1: Yeah yeah. Probably,
0: yeah, yeah, so that's probably so, one, uh, what's happening. But so I'm also, sure Ontario is watching though. Yeah, I, and I'm and sure Ontario they...
1: gets a lot more traffic. Yeah, how about it? Wait, no, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're,
0: they're working on it. Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and Calgary figured, look, it's going to be super cold. It's always super cold in Calgary anyway. So the virus is going to hang around quite a bit. So we better do something about it. Because have, so, Cal- have you been to Calgary? Yeah. Oh, my God. And you know how cold it is. So even Charles was talking about it last on the last episode or a few episodes ago. Oh. Uh, all right. Cool. Um, uh, all right. So as you know, the, um, if, if anyone has like a little money, you can pick up some airplanes for like little or nothing. Before I tell you the next story, which is related to this, I actually heard someone was saying that um, so because there's so many airplanes out there. There is a lot, so many airplanes and pilots. There's a lot of opportunities for startups Mm. to create some kind of uh, service, um, like simple service, because we've been talking about airlines and stuff uh, opening up from all over the place, Um, but there is an opportunity out there. And I say this because um, lots of airlines are getting rid of their planes and uh, Delta uh, flew their triple seven for the last time. And Kusha is going to tell you about that.
1: Yes. So this was a uh, New York JFK to LAX um, 777 flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from the points guy. And I wish he had given, if it's a he or a group, i given a little more details. But what they mentioned in the article was really not surprising. That they estimated that barely 10% of the flight load were normal passengers, if you can refer yeah. to them as that the rest were all aviation
0: enthusiasts makes
1: sense yeah it makes sense and um half of the seats in delta one which are the suites up front mm-hmm. in business class if you will were filled by members of apparently a facebook group called uh, the diamond medallion flyers
0: Dude, you are you not a member of that group or oh, maybe you're not diamond medallion i don't have the money for that <laughs> and, yeah, that, that's uh, actually a really cool group uh, but anyway carry on uh, they got
1: free champagne on special um, commemorative mugs the mugs were a little tacky I thought they would have had because I don't see myself drinking champagne from a mug plastic mug at that
0: you, but, you, 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 come on dude it's, it's, it's a <laughs> thing <laughs>
1: I'm paying that much I want glass
0: Anyway. It's, it's commemorative.
1: It's commemorative, yeah. Right. why couldn't it be glass?
0: Because like, is the glass called a break and the mug is better. I don't know.
1: So um, <laughs> but anyway, uh the triple seven is being replaced by the 350, uh, because it the Airbus consumes about 20% less fuel per seat and it's about 30% lighter than the equivalent triple
0: seven. Dude, so, it's just because I um, didn't get a good deal on the sevens. so... But anyway, carry on. You know how that works. So, <laughs> but
1: after landing in Los Angeles, it was transported to um, the desert. storage. I don't believe they're going to uh, uh, disassemble them because they're fairly new,
0: yeah, especially
1: the LRs. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if some of them will be taken for freighter conversion or someone else yeah. will... Victim. but it's such a niche aircraft though the lr
0: yeah but still though oh. and and as i was saying that um there is a you know if you're if you're an entrepreneur and you're you're some kind of investing you have some money um this is like a really really good market because you you basically have all these planes sitting out there um you know and you can get them and they're you know, not that old they're not that old they're perfectly fine and, and you know and They're airplanes, so they've been maintained properly because there are standards. And when they go to storage, there are standards to store them as well. So they don't just, it's not like your car, you just go, oh, I just gonna leave this car in a junkyard. Airplane junkyards are not like car junkyards. You can pick up some really good, you know, quality airplanes out there.
1: Delta must be, I think, a little irritated because these aircraft were all just very recently upgraded and refurbished with the new cabin layouts.
0: Yeah, but- It's a huge breakdown. Yeah, but they'll just write write that off. You know how that works. Yeah. (laughs) Airline accounting is quite funny. Um, All right. So, you know, so this is kind of a mixed episode. You know, we have some good news and bad news and all that. And uh, we're going to tell you a little bit of bad news in that um, two airlines that you all know about, Interjet flies uh, Mexico. They're based in Mexico and they fly to the US and I guess intra Mexico. And um, there's also Norwegian, which you know flies really cheap fares. And so, um, Krishna's going to tell us what's going on with the two of them. So, I think one of the,
1: the reasons, that, at least in my mind, why Interjet got is so well known to me is that um, they were the first uh, non Russian, non CIS airline in the world. Um, to order the Russian-built Sukhoi Superjet, the SSJ one hundred. Yeah. After that, um, I think it's it, what's it called? City City Air in Belgium and Ireland. They ordered it, but I think for a very limited time. But anyway, no, oh, okay. So, um, Interjet ordered the Sukhoi Superjet. Um, I'm assuming they got a great deal on it, but unfortunately. They have not had a pleasant experience, and we're looking to uh. jettison them because uh, one of the main reasons why there are no significant competitors to Boeing and Airbus in the commercial aircraft sphere mm-hmm. is that the worldwide support is such a complex um, operation that has to be in place before you can get acceptance of your products by airlines. Around the world, ah, and okay the Russians yeah. apparently failed miserably at this. So, anyway, let me back up a little
0: bit. Okay. So
1: on November first and second, Interjet completely shut down. They closed all their um, operations. Oh, and they so restarted they're going, On going? November third, no, no, no. Um, so on, they closed for the November first and second, and they restarted on the third. Okay. And. They sort of marketed it, the closure, as a commemoration of uh, the Dia de de los Muertes, which is also an old soul's day. Mm -hmm. Um, But reports have come out from Mexican authorities that say uh, Interjet has not paid its fuel bills Uh. to the. uh, Tax Administration Service of Mexico, where <laughs> these sort of fees are prepaid and then um, the product is distributed in the future. Yeah. And complicated matters on November 3rd, when Interjet was supposed to restart operations, its employees went on strike at Mexico City Airport because they hadn't been paid in um, several weeks, for two months, actually. So the, air, the airline has about $55 million U.S. in debt. And ironically, half of it is to the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol for managing their flights in the U.S. Um, and without payment, these interjet planes will not be allowed to fly north of the U.S. border, U.S.-Mexico southern border. Oh, wow. So essentially, they're stuck to uh, Mexico. And what I didn't know was possible is that the CEO of Interjet, he has had his house seized and his vehicle seized. So I'm assuming these were company provided in lieu of payment.
0: Uh, And I guess they didn't do the laws properly. Mm. So all that stuff is protected. Oops.
1: (laughs) It's not protected in Uh. Mexico.
0: Well, I guess I guess the laws in Mexico are different. Cause normally that's, the US Yeah, but that's normal. Yeah, they protect all that stuff. So you can't no. you can't come after my personal stuff. You can come after the company, but not me, not me personally. Yeah. <laughs> so they
1: have ninety-five aircraft, mostly yeah. Airbus, um, in the 320 family, and all of them have been grounded or um, sent back to their lessors. And they're only flying six of these SSJ one hundreds, which yeah. they'd say results in high complexity and costs and low reliability, which is a pillar. So, uh, so far, Interjet has got investors to continue funding the airline, but they don't know how long that is going to continue. Now, it used to be a partner at um, Mexico City for American Airlines for regional service throughout Mexico. Right. But I don't know if American has the wherewithal to bail them out. So it doesn't look very promising for Interjet, unfortunately. But Uh um, I mean, that's just, as they say, creative destruction.
0: Yeah, that's kind of sad, though. You know, I haven't flown them yet, Kusha. There's a whole bunch of these airlines that are going out of business that I haven't flown. And Interjet likely never will. I know because they 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 fly. I think they fly here into Houston, right? Yes. Yeah, and I've been looking at their stuff, but just never got around to it. That's why that yeah. That's why I tell you, if you're thinking of doing something, you should just do it. Don't put it off, because you never know what's going to happen with all this. Uh, okay, so what so what so what's going on with Norwegian?
1: In fact, just today um, yeah. on the BBC, they announced that the government of Norway is not going to. Um, Bailout, Norwegian, and given the precarious financial state they are in, um, it's going to be an extremely challenging winter for Norwegian if they can even get through it. So no real details as well, but um, that would be quite a blow.
0: Yeah. So where? um, Air travel,
1: especially in the North Atlantic
0: uh, area. Okay. So where's the rich guy (laughs) that was doing a whole bunch of stuff? Wasn't there a guy that was giving them money every time they needed it? Norwegian? Yes. There I don't guy, Yeah, there was a guy. I don't that know was, that. that. was giving them money all the time. Every time they went into... Maybe like, he ran out of money. I guess. Oh, he's like, you know what? I'm so over this, dude. Yeah.
1: Into <laughs> to his senses. Yeah,
0: all you know senses. Yeah, there was somebody who was giving them money all the time. Oh, my goodness. All right. More um, funky news. um. The A three hundred and eighty is just having like such a bad time. It's so, you know what's funny with the A three hundred and eighty though, when they sold the A three hundred and eighty, the Airbus was always like, you know, it's the quietest plane, it's the but most, it is. it's the most fuel efficient, it's the most this, but really. <laughs> well, why would you get rid of the most twenty years? Yeah, why would you get rid of the most fuel efficient one? I mean, anyway. So what's going on? I mean, what's the latest?
1: So there's a little bit of history behind this um, high fly and the three eighty. Uh-huh. So Singapore Airlines a few years ago was the first to actually uh, decommission a three eighty. It was the first three eighty they received about fifteen years ago. Um, and instead of being thrown um, up, actually, I take that back. The first A380 was a dismantle, and this mm-hmm. was a subsequent one. And it was taken up by Highfly, which is a charter airline based in Lisbon, in Portugal. Right. And what they used it for um, is high volume cargo transport, and also some humanitarian aid and evacuation flights. And they didn't really paint it in their livery or in any other livery, but they chose to paint it to draw attention to the perilous state of coral reefs.
0: Okay. So
1: this had a very coral um, reef motif livery on the plane. It was in service at Highfly for three years. Uh, remember, this is the ex-Singapore aircraft. And they finally decided to get rid of it because right. they cannot uh, profitably fly the aircraft. Instead, no surprise, they're going to replace it with the A330. Um, <laughs> so this marks yet another nail in the coffin of the unfortunate 380. Wow. And then just today also, I heard or read that Singapore Airlines um, is streamlining or having to streamline and getting rid of seven of their 19380s. So it looks like the future of this aircraft at SQ is also coming to an end, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Which uh... is so unfortunate because this is such a remarkable plane of it course is, my is. biased opinion nothing to compare compete against 747
0: well that's true I I'm mean, in a
1: minority on that
0: <laughs> it is actually a really nice plane I'm not gonna say uh, no about that um, the, the, the cool thing about that is that like the 747 is that when you're upstairs in the upper upper areas you just feel like you're so high off the ground yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> totally different though. It is totally it's different,
1: a very different because field. it's so much wider. Yeah. That's yeah. the, the construction of the plane. Yeah, Remember, the is 747 right. is what from the 70s,
0: it is 50 it is. years old, and this one didn't really last uh, as 15. long. Yeah, ah, aviation, aviation. Um, all right, but I'm sure we'll hear more because you know, there's lot more, lots more airlines that fly the A350, um, right. And so um, we haven't heard, you know, this is a small, this is, these are the more prominent airlines that are ditching them. Because what, what's the funds they're doing with theirs?
1: Uh, they've grounded all of them, but they haven't said that they're getting rid of them. Oh, uh, okay. So that's okay. positive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's so. good. Um, all right. Fine uh, They just, um, COVID insurance seems to be a thing. Because again, you know, as we were talking yeah. about earlier, um, we need to convince people that um, flying is okay. And if you fly and you happen to get sick on your travels, you're covered. Um, and they, 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 um, What do you call these insurance companies learned this quite a bit in the beginning because in the beginning they were like, we're not covering you because this is already a pre thing, but then nobody was buying insurance. And so they were losing money. And so now they've come up with more things. So you see more and more airlines right. are doing interesting stuff. So what's Finnair doing now? But this is just the
1: latest airline um, yeah. to join the club. Uh, they are a few months behind the early pioneers of this, but uh, they've given it a rather unusual name called Corona Cover.
0: And first Ca- they thought it was a blanket. They call it what? Corona Cover. Oh, oh okay. That's funny. But it turns out it's, it's
1: an insurance policy. <laughs> Which is very similar to what the other competing carriers have done.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's funny. they joined the
1: plan. Oh, good. So, good. And it's okay. only valid for travel between November third, so it's already in uh, effect, and it goes on until March thirty first, twenty twenty, for departure yeah. in that.
0: Plan. And they're probably they're probably going to change it. I mean, what you're going to find is that everybody's going to offer it, right? Because right now you well, can buy Well, You would you think buy. they would
1: have done so by now, right? Um they were
0: going eventually to. they're probably just trying to work out the details with all the different with all yeah. the different insurance providers. Um so, I mean like right now you can buy insurance from yeah. almost every every airline um, that you fly. So yeah. this is this would just be another thing. It 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 will be the same insurance that you're buying, except you don't have to pay for this one, right? Correct. Um, yeah, and, and then what probably happens after a while, they're like, well, now you have to pay for it. And people are going to be like, oh, okay, I'll pay for it. Because the, the thing about it is that you don't want to get sick and you can't afford to take care of yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Austrian Airlines, um, what are they doing? So this is something
1: quite similar to what WestJet is doing in Calgary. Okay. But um, this is an extension of... Um, their phase one trials where they were offering voluntary uh, COVID testing, rapid testing at Vienna airport.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, what I heard from them from the results was that it wasn't very reassuring because they said only 25 pass- 25% of their passengers on these select Austrian Airlines flights volunteered to take this test. Hmm. So what they're going to do starting November 12th is um, pilot a new phase two program where on the Vienna Hamburg uh, route, they are going to require that all passengers on board get this um, antigen test, the uh, 15 minute test before they are allowed to board the aircraft. I thought this was a unique twist in the sense that if you get a negative test, um, your boarding pass gets reactivated at security and you are allowed to go through. Okay, if you are positive, um, you are taken care of by airport staff and given the option to rebook and cancel your flight on Austrian without any penalties. Okay. Um, they're only advising you to come to this area at Vienna. Uh, I believe it was T3, uh, about two hours prior to departure, where you get this test. You don't have to make an appointment, but for the Hamburg side, um, you can make an appointment to cut short your waiting time. Right. For this. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they how this does, Um, in the sense whether it's going to be cost effective or enough people will um, agree to this. So we'll just have to see. But as I said, it was weird that only 25% of uh, passengers in the phase one trial volunteered to um, take this test at Vienna airport.
0: So, so
1: that, and it's expected to last till the end of um, November, and it's part of uh, Lufthansa Group-wide effort um, to try and streamline travel and uh, make it more convenient to travel to um, travel between countries. Now, one thing Austrian and the Lufthansa Group mentioned is that this is not intended to replace. Um, some country requirements. Like, uh, for instance, um, India requires a PCR test and not an antigen test between uh, 72 hours and before and larger. So this is not expected to replace that. But you can use results of a PCR test in this Austrian airline scheme, but you still have to show up for testing. So, and um, interest, interestingly,
0: Lufthansa uh, is doing uh, the hold, same thing. Hold on one sec, Kusha. hold on, hold on. Sorry, folks, I was out in the background in the dark side of and I was trying to figure out what he was, but continue, Kusha. So,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Lufthansa is doing the same thing as Austrian between uh, Munich and Hamburg, two of their daily flights. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you can register in advance, but you must plan for Exit to get to
0: the airport. Yeah. Um, I think that that's just going to be the norm. And it's interesting that, that not everybody wanted to do this, right?
1: I know. I know. Yeah. I'd say very disappointing.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and this is a so, problem that we're going to have whenever we finally come up with a. I wonder uh, if it's um, part of
1: a stigma of being positive, but don't know.
0: Um, so. Yeah. Or people just. We, we we want to go back to what we normally do. right? We want to be able to get up and go and don't have any issues. Yeah, um, but uh, clearly that has to change. That mentality it has to, right? Well, it's like so. This is no different than when we used to. Well, and and it's still like if you, if you go into a country that that's known to have malaria, you would get a you would take a malaria pill, or you get an injection, or something like that, right? So, this is, you know, when you go to travel, you got to get a test. But
1: how many people, seriously, know what malaria is, right? It's, it's generally confined to a very small region it is. of countries. Yeah. This affects everybody.
0: It does. But you know what, though, Kusha, is that people aren't accustomed to. So, when you go into a country. No, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, they don't really ask you for your passport. Everybody has a passport, right? But you're right, the health side of things, people don't think about the health side of things. And even a lot of travelers, because I'm talking to a lot of bloggers, and when you tell them to go look at what the health requirements are, they're like, what? I'm like, yes, there are health requirements to go into countries. <laughs> uh, United States is one of them, right? um, and, and well, that's probably for citizenship. But if you, if you, if you have tuberculosis, okay. you can't. But there's a lot of other things that are on the health list, but nobody ever looks at them. And so the industry has to go into a different mode. And just like how we've been yes. telling people to do, you know, you, you, need to, you need to check in online. It's going to be, oh, you need to check in, uh, ch- check your requirements for the place you're going to, even if it's just going to the next state. Because I, yes. I think New York State now has, you have to take 48 a 48 hours, hours test after yep. you arrive as opposed to doing a 14-day quarantine. That's correct. Yeah, so it's, so it's, and if we don't do this, Kusho, it's, you know, yeah, we have to do this. <laughs> um, so oh, Australia okay. is in a situation, though. What's Victoria that? And New South Wales, for instance. Uh, are they what you said they're in the same
1: sort of situation where they have these different rules and regulations across
0: states yes across states so. yeah uh but i think i think you know uh, in america we're a little weird and and i say weird in a in a good way or in a, i don't know we're just odd because whenever stuff like that comes up the first pe- first thing people say is it's taking away your civil rights but it's not it's uh, it's health we're not doing. They're not what? doing this because they don't like you. They're doing this because you want to keep everyone healthy, and so. No. Um, but it
1: is very frustrating, though, because the testing regimen is not consistent across states. So, I think it's sometimes impossible to find rapid testing,
0: like one or two days, at an affordable price, um, in yeah, this
1: country. But it is.
0: and also um, you can like you can get the regular test for free, but you can't get the rapid test for free. Correct. Which I don't understand. Because Which makes no sense at
1: all. Yeah. Because to get results
0: after five or 10 days yeah. is ridiculous. And it's still, anyway. it's still being paid for by whatever system they've set up to pay for it. So I just don't, I just don't understand it. The other thing too is that, and we talked about this a little bit. I mean, I assume that they're working on rapid testing. That's going to be as, um, as good as the mucus testing right the pcr testing
1: yeah it's a little less um effective i I believe it has an 80 percent um uh correct rate and i think what needs to be standardized is the different requirements of the countries some countries require pcr uh, which is sort of the industry standard almost but others don't, like Europe, for instance. They are managing with this um, rapid test.
0: Yeah, so I see two things. I mean, I guess I'm seeing uh, since PCR takes, what, 48 hours? About. All right. So mm-hmm. I'm seeing that we need to figure out a way, and I'm sure they're working on this, of how to get the PCR test be done in, you know, an hour. <laughs> no, you can't.
1: <laughs> yes, you can. Just, no, you can't.
0: Yes, you just can, knowing a, the
1: way the PCR process works. No,
0: but, but right, but we have to figure out a different way, right? Yeah, B- because either that, if we if we can't get that done or cut that time down, then we need to figure out the rapid test. How do we get the rapid test to be more closer, more closer to one hundred percent?
1: Yeah,
0: right. So that's what we, and the rapid test is a blood sample or just saliva or what is it? Saliva. Like, okay. So and why is it not saliva so and or? Um, mucus okay but why is it such a 20 percent shy of being good
1: um just because it's not as sensitive as a pcr so if you have low um levels of the virus in you mm-hmm. it's not picked up mm-hmm. mm, okay as opposed to the pcr which can theoretically pick up one copy of the virus See, and, and you know these viruses are in the billions
0: yeah and so, and you thought your biology education wouldn't be any good, right? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Kusha gets mad whenever I talk about his other, his, his medical side of things. <laughs> One day, Kusha, I'm gonna, we're gonna interview you and, and, and get to the background of, of uh, all the cool stuff that Kusha knows. Um, all right, we're, this, we're, we're, I don't know how long we are, but we're just gonna continue. Um, about
1: 35 minutes.
0: Oh, good. Okay, I'm glad you're keeping track. Um, so w- let's move to Asia, and we're going to chit chat about Thai. Um, what's going on with Thai? I mean, we, we've got well, t- two. Things. We've, we've got two stories on them. So tell us what's going on.
1: The first one is not so good, and but hardly surprising yeah. is that they are getting rid of the ten seven No, no,
0: no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
1: what was surprising is that they're also selling 24 other aircraft. Uh, oh, wow. So, they're 12 of 32 sevens, and here's something I didn't know, that they had an A300, which was the first aircraft that Airbus produced. They still the, have one of those? Yes, as is. Wow. And they've got nine A340s, they have the six hundred. Uh, and the 500, uh, which they're getting rid of as is, and two 737 400s, which Thai originally used to fly. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, this is part of their restructuring. Um, the 747s haven't really flown internationally since March, but I believe um, they were used since then for bangkok Phuket, which, of course, is a high-density
0: yeah.
1: uh, route. The last route flown by a 747 in Thai colors was um, on the 26th of March from Sydney to
0: Bangkok. Oh, wow. But that's crazy. The better
1: uh, news we have on Thai is um, they have somehow managed to create an extension of these flights to nowhere that we've been talking about for weeks and months.
0: Right. So, what
1: they announced this week is that they are um, scheduling what they call a magical flying experience. Now, this is marketing clearly at work. Yeah. But the difference between a flight to nowhere and this is that while it still is a flight to nowhere, you take off and land at Bangkok. This is a three-hour flight covering 99 religious Buddhist sites in 31 Thai provinces.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: so this is like Sukhothai, Ayudhya, Surat Thani, then the Emerald Buddha Temple in Bangkok. And um, you get on board and you are participating in in-flight chanting by a celebrity fortune teller. Did you know that was such a thing? Well, apparently there is in Bangkok in Thailand.
0: You are given
1: religious history um, and a special meal. The tickets are um, one hundred ninety-five U.S. dollars in economy, and three hundred twenty-two dollars U.S. dollars approximately in business.
0: Okay.
1: Um, believe it or not, they are three dates scheduled,
0: two of them sold out in an hour. Oh, of course, Chris, of course. I would definitely believe that. So, um,
1: I thought this was, again, so creative.
0: Yeah, people want to try and
1: spur domestic um, uh, travel for Thai. But and this was on the BBC, by the way. Yeah, no, that's. But great. it gets even more uh, interesting. Okay. Because, um, in addition to this, we also talked about the. the aircraft-themed cafeteria that Thai opened at their Bangkok headquarters. Mm-hmm. What they're also doing now is um, selling Thai-branded um, these dough fritters. I don't know if you've ever had them, but they sort of look like, um, they resemble many shapes, but it's essentially fried dough that looks like a tater tot, which in American parlance is like a little nugget of potatoes, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Or oh, it could be longer. It could be any shape. And it's sold um and it's generally had with a dipping sauce. That can be condensed milk, which is a little too sweet, or a sweet chili sauce, which oh, is, okay. I think, in my opinion, much better. Yeah. So they're selling these packs of three with a dipping sauce and the egg custard. And either you like them or you don't and they're delicious. For about US dollars, uh, one sixty, so about fifty Thai baht.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So they've been doing this for a while, and um, can you guess how much in monthly revenue
0: they are getting
1: from these dough fritters?
0: Um. I don't know about a hundred thousand.
1: <laughs> right, three times that. Really? Yes, US dollars. <laughs>
0: Which is, again,
1: quite remarkable. And they're selling these across Bangkok, I believe, in different stores. Wow. But what is even more interesting is that they are using um, old and discarded life vests and um, uh, rafts, you know, safety rafts on aircraft to Mm -hmm. repurpose them into um, stylish, that's what they call them, uh, handbags and totes.
0: Oh, okay. That's nice. Um,
1: They're calling the program Real Life, which makes sense. Yeah, that's cute. And as expected, they sold out um, their production, and now they're only available by order. By
0: pre-ordering. Yeah.
1: which I mean, it's not that much, but anything helps.
0: It helps. And what it does, it, it helps the economy overall. That's exactly right. And so exactly right. And so that's really good. That's really good that um, that they're doing that. Can you imagine the meeting they had to come up with that idea? <laughs> and I'm assuming that that thing they're selling is very popular in Thailand. So that's why it's
1: it's a breakfast food. Yeah. Have you ever had them? No, I don't think I've had that.
0: It's it's, a, it's really
1: it's no. very very basic simple. It's flour, yeast, sugar, water, baking soda.
0: Yeah, and it's all sweet. Yeah, we're okay. Something. We have something similar in Jamaica, but we put saltfish in it. And we call it um, okay.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, for, uh, like uh, John, no, no, Johnny no, cake is something different. Why well, can't remember what okay. we call it? But in Trinidad, they call it akra, which is really salt. It's it's exactly okay. what you described, by but salt fish is added, salted fish okay. is added to it. Um, this is very sweet. Though. Uh, yeah, this one is not so sweet. It, okay. it, there is sugar, but there's not too much. That's sugar. off the island. Yes. Yeah. Is.
1: Absolutely that's good
0: I, I mean i think it's good that they're doing that um you know i mean it, it is a government owned airline so you know they're yeah um, they been so creative though they're survive. not like
1: stuck in their you know old way of doing things yeah they really are thinking proverbially as they say out of the box
0: try yeah. and generate
1: as much revenue as they can
0: that's good and um uh thailand has a lot of these sacred sites as as we know yes. now, right Have you been to Ayutthaya? No. So Ayutthaya was, I I think, the old capital. The old capital, right? And it was north of, it is north of Bangkok. Hmm. And um, I think it's the place that has the most temples in Thailand, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But it is very similar to
1: the Indian city of Ayodhya. Oh, is
0: it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and oh. it, it's an amazing place. I went there with a Thai tourist board a few, a few years ago. Okay. And um, it is amazing. And you can take the train from Bangkok up to Ayutthaya. Mm. And then once you get there, they have these little, uh, they look like scooter things that you can, um, you, you, you don't, it, it's like the tuk-tuks, but they look slightly different than the tuk-tuks okay. in, in, in Bangkok itself. And they will take you all around Ayutthaya and there's a river and you can go down the river and things like that. So it, it's a really beautiful place. Um, so it'll be interesting to see it from above because you, you can't, Yeah. well, I did see somebody operating a drone there at the time. I guess they, they didn't, I know some place in Thailand you can't do drones. So okay. it'll be good to get some really good photos from that. I two
1: things I wanted to mention, it, it would be in, very, I'm very curious to know how they are going to um, fly so low over Bangkok uh-huh. or the Emerald Buddha because that's sort of in the center of the city. Yeah. And um, this got me curious, so I went to look at it and see how I could book a seat. Mm-hmm. And here in the U.S., I could not get any uh, indication that this these flights were in operation. But it may have been due to the fact that I was booking to, from the U.S., and Thailand is currently closed to all foreign visitors.
0: Maybe so, so, so you had to. I don't know if it. I went
1: in, to the Thai website, yeah. the, you know, the, as in Thailand website. But it would have been in Thai, so I wouldn't have been able to find it anyway.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Or they might have this a special link, and when you come from that link, you can get to it. Or there were. Maybe. A- because, I mean, it, it could be that you were, you, you could be buying from the U.S., but you are in Thailand because somebody is buying it for you, right? For somebody that's in Thailand. Well, uh, it
1: wasn't in the U.S. English version of the website.
0: I thought yeah. that was curious. Yeah, you're right. They, they haven't know. said what, excuse me, what aircraft this would be. Maybe it's a 747. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in, in terms of the... Um, what They would do for that image is for them to fly around the Buddha, is um, they would just get special clearance,
1: probably. The yeah. people are going to panic
0: though, no, but everybody, knows, see a but everyone, large, knows it, knows no, not everybody. Oh, yeah, I mean, they'll announce it. No. I mean, it's it's Thailand, right? So it's yeah. easier, it's easy to announce it. Um, no. so that'll be interesting. But I wonder if
1: the celebrity fortune teller is any good if he's <laughs> but, that much of a celebrity, he can't be that.
0: Uh, Well, you know, I mean, clearly making more money than I am. Well, I think something got um, lost in the translation there when they said celebrity. Uh, I think they probably (laughs) just mean famous. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Well, that's a good news. A little little goodish, badish news, but that's good news. Um, Okay. So more people doing flights to nowhere. Um. See, you know what's going to happen. We we had Charles on uh, about three episodes ago, um, and now he's, he's saying, the president of Swoop, which of is Swoop, the LCC uh, in uh, Canada, WestJet in Canada. And he said they weren't going to have any flights to nowhere. So, uh, but you know, Hong Kong Express is having a flight to nowhere. Really? they had they had. They had. Okay, I right, unfortunately,
1: right. it was it was a little bit of a bust. Uh-huh, so Hong so. Kong Express is uh, the low-cost carrier affiliate of Cathay Pacific. Mm -hmm. And uh, parent Cathay Pacific was not very happy that um, Hong Kong Express spent the money to uh, to do all this for a flight to nowhere. Really? Um, Yes. But I'm glad Hong Kong Express um, went ahead. But unfortunately, smog and fog Completely reduced visibility of all the sites um, in Hong Kong airspace for this for this flight to nowhere. So what That's they were so going sad. to do?
0: That's to do a makeup. Uh, what's that? That's to do a free makeup. I oh,
1: doubt that. So what they were going to do is fly only in Hong Kong airspace, yeah. and the flight was supposed to last about an hour. Um, and they sold out. Uh, no surprise, 360 tickets uh, were snapped up in um, 90 minutes, over three flights, last yeah.
0: month.
1: They booked 120 on this Airbus 320, and they actually had a no-show of eight. So they had 112 people on board. They took off, and they couldn't see anything, especially the Buddha. Um, Which is uh, the near,
0: going, right?
1: Hong Kong uh Kok Airport. Yeah. But people didn't seem to mind. Um, Hong Kong Express didn't really serve food on this plane because they don't sell food, you have to. Right. Buy uh, so they lost a lot of revenue there, but they were very aggressive in selling duty-free. Okay. On board.
0: So that's not bad. Uh,
1: so guess what the highest seller was on board? The Buddha? No. Good good. <laughs>
0: Duty free. Um, well, you know, they could have had it in duty free. Let's say a uh, bottle of wine. Nope. Well, wait, we're it was about... an airplane model.
1: Oh, okay. A Hong yeah.
0: Kong Express flight. But that, okay, that makes sense. I should have thought about that. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> so everybody had to wear special lanyards around their necks um, to avoid the 14 day quarantine once you got back to Hong Kong. Oh, so
0: okay. They, they were escorted from
1: the uh, check-in area to the terminal in a separate part, to the aircraft in a separate part of the terminal.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And, it was a, it was a uh, private flight. Yes, it was.
1: Yeah. Well, not, well, not a private flight. It was a scheduled flight, but it was yeah. um, a flight to nowhere,
0: essentially. Yeah. So they probably did it on the, what most airlines would do, they do it under the charter certificate, because when you do it under okay. the charter certificate, you can do a lot more things than, mm. they, than with the scheduled certificate.
1: So... I haven't heard how the subsequent flights went, but the first one um, wasn't much of a view.
0: Yeah. So. Well, then let's have to do another one. I wonder one. if they'll get sued. No. Dude, this is Hong Unless Kong. there's an American on board. Yeah, this is Hong Kong. <laughs> no. This is not America. It's like people, people sue over everything. Good grief. I doubt but, they'll do that, though. Um, Again, this
1: was reported in the South China Morning Post, which is a newspaper in Hong Kong.
0: I got you, got you. All right. So let's see what the next thing is then. Um, You've Um, got the new
1: entrance that we haven't talked about.
0: Yeah, that's the last item we have, right? Um, So... (laughs) um, the, the interesting thing, and we've talked about this all the time with the whole coronavirus thing, is how we, airlines are parking planes, airlines are going out of business, but there's a lot of rich people out there. And I say rich because they're propping up the airlines or they're creating completely new airlines, you know, at a time when nobody's flying. All right, Khrushchev, so we've got Flypop, Lyft, yes. Rex, Miami Air.
1: So What do these all have in common? Yeah. are either brand new airlines coming up in the next year, or they are reincarnations of airlines that have been bankrupt and are uh-huh. coming back as version 2.0. So the first one is that I wanted to talk about was Flypop, which, again, is a sort of a ridiculous name, but,
0: I know again, that's so subjective. That name, Flypop, what does it mean? This is Britain's
1: first um, international long-haul um, LCC. And they are going to cater to India.
0: As opposed to Norwegian?
1: Uh, I guess so.
0: <laughs> so what?
1: Uh, their target passengers are the South Asian diaspora in the UK. Mm-hmm. And those looking, as they say, to explore the area or the region on a budget. So they haven't really said where they're going to fly from or yeah. where in India they're going to fly to. But uh, they got an eight figure sum from uh, what is called the Future Fund, which is a UK government initiative for, as they put it, innovative companies facing financial difficulties due to the coronavirus outbreak. And these loans uh, range from about 165,000 US dollars to about six and a half million US dollars.
0: Hmm.
1: So, Flypop. And its CEO, his name is Nino Singh uh, Judge. He got this, this approval. And now they have moved into the second phase of funding that they expect to have complete by ne- early next year, January 2021. Mm. And they're currently in negotiation with um, airports in India and the UK for the necessary approvals. Uh, they plan to buy one wide body aircraft and start in late 2021, expanding to between 10 and 20 white bodies. But
0: they can get in cheap now. Yes, that's right.
1: (laughs) So as they say, they expect flights to contribute significantly, their quotation, not mine, to economic growth and closer cultural links between these two Commonwealth partners and eventually with all of South Asia. So, and they use the rationale that India had a record number of um, 10 and a half million tourists in 2018 um, so they expect that to grow but that's still a fraction of what Thailand gets so
0: yeah. I don't know how
1: this craft this airline will eventually start or how long it will start but I wish them good luck
0: yeah I mean because you know, so, I mean they've got you've got this star um, you've got Air Asia X, right, which is doing some stuff there too.
1: Which is doing where? Uh,
0: In it, India? Yeah.
1: No, between India and the UK, this would be BA, Virgin, Air India, Vistara, SpiceJet. So this would be
0: yeah another.
1: So, yeah. Let's see if it if it ever
0: happens. It's stupid. But you're right; <laughs> they can get
1: the aircraft for pretty cheap right now.
0: Yeah, it's and given like, that
1: it's uh, not a ultra-long-haul route, uh, I would imagine the 330 would be their aircraft of choice, but who knows? Yeah.
0: I would see them probably doing that, doing better in the Middle East because there's so many workers that go between India and the Middle and the Middle East. But I guess well, not. No, yeah. remember this is the UK. Uh, yeah, North. but I don't know. You already have so much competition on the routes, right? That's right. Um, yeah. All right, so the so next
1: one um, is an airline called Lyft Airlines. This is based in South Africa and they are planning to start in December with an Airbus 320. Uh, they're a South African LCC as right. well. Uh, and they've scheduled their first flight on December 10th between uh, Johannesburg and Cape Town and is a joint venture between GE, uh, Global Aviation, an ex comair executive, which is another airline in South Africa, Uh and an ex-Uber executive.
0: Um, Now, this is the part that gets me- Wait, wait, hold on. Is that why they call it Lyft? (laughs) Wait, wait,
1: wait, hold on. It gets even more interesting. So they um, submitted a request in South Africa to choose a name for this airline. Mm -hmm. And they got 25,000 responses. Wow. Yes. Some of them were ridiculous, like Plainy McPlane face, Gravy Plane. Um, But this one, which was chosen by eight people, is Lyft Airlines. And I am a little disappointed. that This was the best choice they had.
0: So eight people pick it out of 25,000, this is what they picked?
1: Yes, it's, twenty-five thousand uh, submissions they received.
0: Yeah, but so you know what? The lift was chosen by eight people. This is called marketing. So, right, I I right. agree with you Ask because you are given free and, travel for one year on yeah, this airline. Yeah, as people to do something will. and they'll get involved in it and then go, oh, we didn't like your idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. we picked the, we, we we picked these, and yeah, so it's good. So now everybody knows what Lyft is. Right,
1: but I think they could have well done something a little more imaginative, uh, or a little yes. more
0: South yeah. African, yeah. maybe. Exactly, lift is boring.
1: So very boring.
0: That so they try. expect
1: um, fares on lift airlines to be about thirty percent cheaper than current South African LCCs. Uh,
0: whatever uh,
1: Mango, which is the low-cost subsidiary of South African Airways, uh-huh, it flies so sub- far. which I didn't know about and Kulula,
0: which right. is the brightly colored one. Yeah, Kulula has been out there for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. So. I I don't get these. So, what I, what I, um, a, lot of these, a lot of these airlines that are popping up, right, they're like, why are you going into a market that's already crowded? Like, there are a lot of other markets that you can go to that are underserved, although there's a lot of traffic. But Johannesburg Cape Town is like, really? Mm. Because you still have competition from Remember,
1: start of uh, the peak travel season, but I don't know what sort of a peak travel season. I know there Vegas. is no peak.
0: Nobody's going anywhere. So um, yeah, I don't get it. But, but I'm sure. Sure, they I'm sure they have better people telling them that this is a good idea. And they're probably paying those people a whole lot of money to tell them that it's a good oh. idea. When it's like, dude, nobody is flying. You know, so if you want to start an airline, yes, buy the planes now because you can get them cheap, but then you have to store them, right? So maybe that's what, they, maybe that's what they're doing, right? You're like, okay, well, let's buy the planes now. We still have to fly them. We'll just have one and we'll just fly it because it's cheaper to Remember fly. Remember, you to. have to pay rent on these planes, right? Yeah.
1: You have to maintain the planes, which is not cheap, if it's you're not, not getting any revenue
0: from right. flying them. But what, what but, they probably think is that because they're getting such a good deal on it and, you know, they're getting people to know. They don't want it, to up. up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably so, what they think. And they probably look at, look at the numbers and says, well, even if we don't make any money for a year, it's still a good deal because we got the plane, which is the most expensive part initially, at right. a good deal. Plus, we so, can pay the pilots little or nothing because nothing else is going on and they have nothing to do. Mm. And you
1: can start out with much lower costs for staffing.
0: Yes. Because I mean, there are so many
1: pilots who have been made redundant. Yeah. yeah. So um, speaking of reincarnations, Miami Air, which went out of uh, uh, business on May 8th of 2020, mm-hmm. is uh, restarting ops. They just got um, a 737-800. And... Uh, they are back in business with one aircraft now a little bit of background miami air is a charter operation based in florida uh and their new livery is suspiciously like uh continental united and i'm surprised uh united hasn't filed suit but that's another issue uh they have They offer these planes for charter to sports teams, Fortune 500 companies, political um, candidates, uh, cruise lines, the US government, Mm -hmm. um, and other entertainers, which must be a very profitable business. Oh, it is. So very interestingly, the owner of uh, the Miami Air name, which is World Atlantic Airlines, which is another charter operation based Mm -hmm. in Florida, um, which you have MD-80s, and you see them a lot in uh, Miami Airport. They um, specialized in aircraft rentals or leases, if you will, to the U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement
0: yeah.
1: to uh, transport, I'm assuming, illegal, ali- in, in illegal aliens back to their countries of origin or whatever. hmm And they offer also leases to Avior Airlines, which is a Venezuelan airline that comes to Miami as well. So, um, so yeah, this World Atlantic, which is the uh, what they call the airline um, provider for um, what was I going to say the the trading name? Sorry, for Caribbean Sun Airlines. Which is an old, established uh, Miami-based airline. Yeah. So um, they offer on-demand and scheduled charter
0: services. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it, it 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 is so funky with. Um, so basically, they li- they liquidated and sold the assets to this rich guy, Thomas something. Yes. And then. Um, so, yeah, so it's not the same airline, it's just...
1: Not the same, you know, it's different, but the, yeah, it's what different. they do it is, is very similar. Same,
0: yeah, they're using the same name and they just change the livery. Because but, it was very well-known, though, Miami oh, oh, it is very well-known, yeah. But so, then, the, the, so the funky thing is, um, yes, United, I'm sure the United Lawyers is calling them right now. Do you see the similar similarity yeah, in a the globe. tail design? There's a, yeah, there's a globe on the tail.
1: Which looks exactly what it does on United Aircraft.
0: Yeah, they didn't even buy, but it, this. is not new. No, they didn't even in, make, it, make it a different color. <laughs> yeah. but,
1: uh, but that's not the last one. So, a few weeks ago, we had talked about this regional carrier in Australia yeah. called Rex, uh-huh. Regional Express. Um, they had 60 Saab 340s and they flew to 59 destinations in Australia. Right. And we had mentioned how they were stepping up their uh, game plan and were going to start flying um, regular um, services between the Australian capitals.
0: Right.
1: And they're going to do it with 737 800, Mm -hmm. uh, which apparently have come from Virgin Australia. So they took delivery of their first plane um, on November 5th. This is the first of six. Yeah. Um and they're going to start their first service Melbourne Sydney on November on March 1st 2021 and then do Sydney Brisbane on after Easter. They still haven't decided on the livery which I'm assuming means that it will be different from the current Rex colors but um between now and the first flight they're going to do a lot of proving and testing and training uh
0: know what this is. I don't like it.
1: So I think Rex has a good shot. At
0: this. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> the irony that they're taking planes on Virgin Australia is like. <laughs> Why not, right? Why uh, yeah, not? Yeah, I, I know, but it's it just. Something just sounds weird about that. Um, Why? Well, if, if Virgin Australia can't get it to work, how is Rex going to get it to work? Remember, they have a lower cost base, though. Yeah, right. but it, they just bought a 737. They, they right, they probably got it for cheap, right? Yeah, but they never the gang- had 737 before. Right. You know, so there the are expenses here that are that are going to come.
1: Their maintenance costs are going to go up.
0: Yeah, so it, it's a whole huh. different thing. Um, and you're flying Melbourne, Sydney. Okay, everybody flies Melbourne, Sydney. Hello? Not anymore, though. Right? Because all yeah, the airlines flying. got back. Yeah, the two I mean, airlines, actually. But, but, but yeah, you're flying. right. You know, So that's the thing. I understand what they're doing, what they're saying, but it's like, um, I don't know. Yeah. I think this
1: one has the best shot of all that we yeah. mentioned.
0: Because there's yeah. such a well-known brand in uh, Australia. Uh, yeah. I know. But, but I, I, time I, will tell. Time will tell, indeed. And I they should just keep what they have you know keep keep what you know works until i i I, again it's ego, right these guys are like oh and you know what probably is it's probably the investors that um hate virgin atlantic or virgin and say well okay we're gonna buy the plane from you we're gonna develop something because we want to see you yeah ego ego
1: um
0: was there another one or that was it no that was it oh because that reminds me about, uh, you, you didn't mention it, but uh, Southwest, uh-huh. they're having issues with, um, uh, they're thinking that they're, for the first time in what, 49 Oh, follows. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, they're probably going to have furloughs. I think they've already furloughs. issued them, actually, this week. Yeah. 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 So, um, As the CEO said, the ship is taking on water. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. The- no you- surprise, you- really. No surprise at all. None, 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 none. A matter of fact, the surprise that it took them so long. So long, yes. Um, mm. To do it. That is really the surprise. Um, because everybody is mm. hemorrhaging. Everybody is hemorrhaging. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's why it's so scary. Except when for these, cargo airlines. Uh, Yeah. Except yeah. for cargo. Because cargo is doing... So, it's it funny. It's like cargo was always doing well, right? Always, always, always doing well. Passengers just got in the way. Yeah. They just... We, they,
1: they were used to go on dips and peaks, yeah, but yeah. cargo is doing very well.
0: Well, I mean, the airline industry started with cargo. Yeah, they they were just like, oh, you know, maybe we should take some passengers. And passengers are a pain. Passenger transport is a pain because you know we always want something we don't like something, and you know we complain we, about everything exactly. And if some if we don't like it, then we're gonna we're gonna tell you on social media or whatever it is. Cargo just doesn't complain. You just put it in the put it put it in there take it out the other end.
1: And now with this vaccine distribution, that's going to be even more revenue.
0: Yes, yes. There's a, so, Christian, can we go buy a plane just, just so we can, yeah. uh, we can help carry a vaccine around? Dude, we'd make so much money. Uh, uh, maybe that's what these guys are doing, right? The ones that are forming these airlines, they're looking at it like, wow, we have a, we need to bring a lot of stuff. Because if you notice, right, a lot of the planes aren't going anywhere. Like international, yeah. trials, like to you know, yeah. have two, three flights a day. Have one. Um, I haven't looked yet, but I'm gonna look right now and see. Like, um, what is the traffic like between New York and um, London? Because at yeah. the at the high point, there was one flight, and then of course, you know, there were times when there were none. But um, the norm one flight was, a day, you mean, right? Yeah. The and the past was, used to be almost
1: every hour between American and BA.
0: Exactly, because yeah. the last the last time I checked, there was only three flights. There was one Virgin, one BA, and I think there was a United. Um, New York City to London. Let's see what we have now. And to the me, I, of time. Um, yeah, now we're good. This is, this is good. This is good stuff to. Uh, all right. So, of course, I'm using passwriter.com. Uh, okay. So, right now, we've got uh, Virgin at 825. This is JFK to London, 789. And then at, uh, so they said so the day flight is still there, but from JFK. Um, they used to have a JFK and Newark uh, Heathrow day flight. And then BA is at 6.30 from JFK, triple seven. 6.40 from Newark, triple seven. Uh, at 7.15 from Newark is United at 7.87-10. JFK Heathrow is Delta, seven, six, seven, 400. JFK Heathrow at 7.50 is American, triple seven W. JFK Heathrow at 8.35 is Virgin A350-1000. And the last flight is 9.30 on BA at 777. Hmm. So right now... Quite a lot of
1: service, though, mm -hmm. compared to just a few months ago.
0: Yeah, there were only three flights. Like um, It was the BA American and the United, but now there's two, Hmm. the Virgin, Hmm. rather. Uh, So there's one, two, what's that, six, eight flights now. I wonder, oh. I wonder how they're doing. I mean, apart from cargo,
1: because yeah. you know,
0: you know that was a bunch of cargo, but so that's- United is
1: testing that common pass uh, app between New York and London Heathrow for the testing. The thing, yeah. All and passengers I, have to be tested. I, I would love to hear what's happening, how that is going.
0: Well, and I, I saw that and I was like, <clears> I, and I asked somebody on LinkedIn They responded to me. I said, well, what about quarantine and what about lockdown? The country's on lockdown. How are you mm. how is this working? Um, but you know, I, I I hate all the marketing stuff that people do, and it's like, well, I want to understand how it works because with all this stuff going on, please tell me how this is working, but nobody ever does that, right? Uh. Um, yeah. All right. So uh I think that's all but the stories anyway, we have. Yes. All right, cool. Um I don't know. Maybe we're, this is probably one of our longer episodes. I yes. don't know. Um, but anyway. Wait, um, <laughs> dude, this is only episode 51. It's not like, it's not like we've been around for a long time, although it seems like a long time, but um, thank you everyone for the support. We appreciate it. Um, remember you can find us on Spotify and on iTunes. Um, iTunes is apparently a big deal. So, jump over to iTunes, search for our name, what's happening in and and travel, and um, subscribe, and leave us a review, and let us know how we're doing. Um, and uh, this is a good, This was a good episode. I, I like this episode. It wasn't all gloom and doom. It wasn't all gloom and doom, exactly. I agree with you there. Um, and that's it. So, I'm Kerwin, and uh, that's my buddy Kushra. and we are signing off on Monday, November 9th. For another episode of What's Happening in Travel. See you soon.